Genesis chapter number 35, verse number 16 through verse number 21. If you found it, say praise the Lord. And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed, and she had hard labor. And it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. She called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar upon her grave. That is the pillar of Rachel's grave unto this day. And Israel journeyed and spread his tent beyond the tower of Edar. She called his name Ben-Onai, but his father called him Benjamin. Look at somebody and said his father called him Benjamin. Look at somebody else and tell them, don't let somebody give you a name that you don't deserve. Amen. I just got a thought while I was reading that text. I wrote it down for another sermon at another time. God, I pray you have your way. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost move in this place. I ask you, God, to speak a word, a rhema, living word into somebody's spirit tonight. God, I bind every power of darkness and every spirit of hell and every life from hell. God, that would like to control and confound, confuse and defeat your people. And to bind every power of darkness that would try to hinder the move of your spirit here. And God, I loose the gift of faith in this place. God, not just natural faith, not just a measure of faith, but God, I loose the gift of faith to touch somebody tonight so they can receive the word and apply it to their life for a real change in this place. God, I need your help, and you know it more than I do. And so, God, I pray that it be a work of your spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give the Lord a good praise. Why don't you lift your voice with that hand clap one more time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't you say a word of praise? Why don't you speak a word of praise right now that is an expression of your faith, of what God can do. The word of faith is in your mouth, but you got to let it out. 
There's a word of faith in your mouth right now, but you got to let it out. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. From the dawn of human history until now, few, if any, love stories have moved as many as the saga of the love of Jacob and Rachel. From their initial encounter at the well where he met her until her final moments on the road between Bethel and Bethlehem, Jacob loved Rachel from the first moment that he ever saw her. He spent seven years of his life in servitude for the opportunity to marry her and then 14 more years. All of it according to the Bible seeming but just a few days because of the love he had for her. Jacob was devoted to this beautiful woman that God had blessed him with. Their life was not a life of only rejoicing, but they had many struggles along the way. But the struggles seemed to strengthen their affection and deepen their abiding love. Trials and tribulations often bring people closer together. And so it was with Jacob and Rachel. This enduring love had come to the moment of its ultimate expression as Rachel was giving birth to a baby that was the result of their love. The delivery of this child was particularly difficult for Rachel. And with much struggle and suffering, she gave birth to a healthy baby boy. In a tragic turn of events, the labor proved to be too much for her body to bear. And it was apparent within a short while that Rachel was dying. With the extreme agony of the delivery of this child taking its final measure of toll on her body, she utters the final words that she will ever speak in the direction of her newborn baby boy. Her words are thick with disappointment and agony as the Bible records her final moment on the earth. Genesis 35 and 18 says, It came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died that she called his name Benoni. She gave this baby his name with her dying breath. As the words escaped her lips, she slipped into eternity, and her last word was Benoni. That word in our language has very little meaning. In our culture, people pick names because they think it sounds cool, or maybe in honor of a family member. But in the Bible, they often picked names because it held a meaning to them. 
It was descriptive or prophetic. And the name that Rachel chose to give her baby boy with her dying breath described her feeling at that moment. The name Benoni means the son of my pain or the son of my sorrow. In her anguish and dying, she gives an innocent baby a name that he'll have to carry throughout his entire life. When somebody calls his name, he will always be known as the son of pain or the son of sorrow. He'll always be a reminder of death and hurting and sorrow and loss. His identity will always be associated with what went wrong with tragedy, with dying. Forever he'll live in the shadow of what his name brought that day. He is the son of my sorrow. He's defined by the most terrible circumstance and the most terrible moment. I've known people who allowed events and circumstances in their life to define their entire existence. Something terrible happened to them, perhaps when they were young, perhaps in the middle of a difficult relationship. But for whatever reason it may be, something happened in a moment of time, and what happened in that moment became their identity for the rest of their life. People become known for what happened to them. They become lost behind the events that marked their past. Benoni, the son of my sorrow, the son of my pain, he's named by events beyond his control. He must bear the mark of something that he could not help and could not stop and could not change. With her dying breath, she imposes on this baby a punishment that would last his entire life. Rachel gives him a name, and then she dies. And then, for a final moment, with his dead bride and his brand new baby, Jacob comes into the tent. And when he steps in, he looks at the love of his life. The lady that caused him to weep the first moment that he met her. That's what the Bible said. When he saw her, he went up to her and he kissed her. And then the Bible said he wept. He kissed her and cried. Maybe some of you guys ought to try it. But if you try it with one of mine, it's on. But all those years that began with a kiss at a well, now she lays lifeless in the tent. And then they hand him the baby boy, the conflict of emotions, the terrible grief, and the joy of a brand new baby. And he holds that baby and he looks down into the innocent face of this little boy. And the midwife says, Rachel has named him 
Benoni. Rachel has called him the son of pain. And Jacob loves Rachel, but he knows I can't let this baby bear this mark. It's not the baby's fault of what all went wrong. I can't let the baby bear the mark of what a dying person put on him. And so I'm not going to call him Benoni. I'm going to call him Benjamin, the son of my strength. I'm not going to let him be marked forever by an event that went wrong. I'm going to give him a name that will identify the way I think about him, not the way she thought about him. You can't let somebody that's dying name you. You can't let somebody that's dying give you an identity. You can't let people that don't know God impose on you an identity that's not yours. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost up here. I'm praying that over the next 10 minutes or so that God will help me to help somebody tonight. I've come to this pulpit today to declare that my life will not be defined by my worst moments. That my life will not be marked by my low points and my valleys. That I will not be known for my struggles, my problems, my weaknesses, my failures, my tragedies. They're not who I am. What I've been through is not who I am. What I've gone through is not what I am. I've come to tell somebody that no matter what this world has called you, and no matter what the devil's called you, and no matter what other people have called you, your heavenly Father has come to tell you something. And what he wants to tell you is that he thinks you're awesome. Amen. That's the title of my message tonight. The title of my message is God Thinks You're Awesome. That's what I've come to preach about. Your heavenly father has decided to give you a new name. Not just any name, but his own name. When you go down in water in Jesus' name, everything you've done, everything you've been through, all the troubles, it's covered by a brand new name. The father thinks you're awesome. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all going to have to help me. I'm running out of steam already. Amen. My father has given me a new beginning. He gave me a new life. He gave me a new name. Amen. There's something that's been on my mind for several weeks. I tapped into it a little bit this morning. I've talked to so many people over the last few weeks and months, church members from this church, people in the community, people around town, other pastors and leaders, and there seems to be a general self-negativity in the world today. Amen. I don't know if it's because of our economic situation, inflation and gas prices, and how, how everything seems to be getting more difficult to do. And uh, it may be the political situation. I don't know. It may be the partisanship that's going on in our city. But whatever it is, this cultural angst that is prevalent in our society has caused people to have a dark mindset. 
Amen. There is a general sense of negativity that permeates our world. Let me preach to you for a minute. And church people are not exempt from those mindsets. In our text, there could be no darker day than the day that one of the matriarchs died. The day began with the joy and hope of a brand new baby and ended with tears at a graveside. A child will grow up motherless. Gloom and despair are palpable, but the father stepped in and refused to let negativity destroy his child's life. God wants to step into your life and vanquish the negativity and give you joy and peace and hope. I wish somebody would give God praise right now. Oh, hallelujah. I feel something starting to bubble in the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, I know what I feel in my spirit and somebody's getting ready to get a breakthrough tonight. You beat yourself up long enough. You've thrown dirt on your own grave for years. It's time for you to get up and understand that no matter what you've done, God thinks you're awesome. Man, I'm starting to feel better about myself right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah 29, the circumstances were not good. Babylon had taken control of the world. The prospects for a secure and prosperous future were dire. Babylon's method was to overwhelm their enemies with their lifestyle, with their culture, and the pressure and intimidation of their power. In that culture, God's people were viewed as second-class citizens, nobodies, insignificant, ignorant for even believing in the God of that old temple in Jerusalem so far away. They had no political sway. They had no economic sway. They had no societal significance. They saw themselves as powerless, as weak, and there was a general negativity abounding among God's people. Though Babylon controlled the world, Babylon did not control God. Amen. Let me just say that again. Though Babylon controlled the world, Babylon did not control God. Amen. Hallelujah. My Babylon thought they had it all under control. But in the malaise of Babylonian oppression, God anointed a prophet of God to step up and speak to his people. And this is what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I love my friend. He said, I know the thoughts I think towards you. You see, people were trying to impose thoughts on God. God, if you love me, we wouldn't be dealing with Babylon. God, if you cared about me, 
I wouldn't be dealing with this problem. God, if you really thought about me, I wouldn't be dealing with this. And God said, you don't have the right to tell me what I think about you. I know what I think about you. What I think about you, has it doesn't depend on what Babylon thinks about you. What I think about you doesn't depend on what anybody else thinks about you. Let me tell you young men and women something. you got to relieve yourself from addiction. I'm about to lose the whole crowd here. From addiction to social media response. You put a post out there. And if somebody doesn't like it, or you don't get enough thumbs up or whatever they are, you don't have enough people that tag in and say how pretty you are and put the little, the little face with hearts for eyes and all that stuff that all you girls do, all these words and stuff that I, I don't even know what the language is anymore. They speak emoji language. All these little things mean something. I look at it, and it looks like hieroglyphics to me, but, they, but it all means stuff to them. But if you put something out there and you don't get enough hieroglyphics back, you get a self-image and a self-esteem issue. And you think, well, I'm not as pretty as that one or as cute as that one. You cannot let other people determine your value and your worth. You are valuable because God thinks thoughts about you. what Babylon thinks about you. It doesn't matter that Babylon thinks you're just a bunch of worthless slaves. It doesn't matter that Babylon thinks you're just a bunch of religious freaks that worship in some temple over there in Jerusalem. It doesn't matter that Babylon thinks you have no value. The fact is that God said, I know what I think about you. I don't need you to tell me what I think. Let me tell you what God thinks about you. He thinks you're awesome. He thinks you're awesome enough to die for even in your lowest point, he thinks good thoughts about you. My voice is running out of juice. I'm going to pray for a second wind. Let me just tell you something right now. Yeah, I would understand it if he had said that to Israel when David was standing on top of Goliath and holding Goliath's head up in his hand. I would understand it if, he had, if, if God had said that to Israel when they were standing on the rubble of the walls of Jericho, lifting their hands in victory. I would understand it if, they were, if he said that when they were on the banks, the other side of the Red Sea, while Pharaoh's army was being washed away in the current. But he didn't say it then. He said it when Babylon was on top and Israel was on the bottom. And he said, you think I've forgotten about you, but I've never quit thinking about you the whole time. I think about you every day. I think about you every morning. I'm thinking about you right now. I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. God's not trying to get judgment on you right now. Oh, Jesus. God's not trying to bring retribution on you right now. God's not trying to judge you for something. God says, I'm not thinking about evil. I'm thinking about peace. I want you to have joy and peace in your life. I want to give you a hope and a future. He said, if you'll call on me, I'll listen to you. If you'll seek me, you'll find me. When you search for me with your whole heart. Let me just tell you. 
Let me cut the message all the way to the bone right now. And let me just go ahead and get down to it. Here's the facts. It doesn't matter how bad you think you are. God thinks you're awesome. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made and how much of a mess you've made. God thinks you're awesome. It doesn't matter how worthless you feel. God thinks you're awesome. It doesn't matter how many people tell you you're a mess up. God thinks you're awesome. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hey, I'm telling you, you may have made some mistakes, but God thinks you're awesome. You may have fallen a few times, but God thinks you're awesome. You may have wasted a few years, but God thinks you're awesome. God's thinking good stuff about you. God, it doesn't matter if nobody else likes you, but God, it doesn't matter who says what. God thinks you're awesome. Hey, you know what? I think God's awesome too. I think God deserves my praise. I think a God that thinks that way about me. trying to make you feel like you're no good and you don't matter and you don't count. I rebuke the devil out of your mind right now telling you how worthless you are, how many times you've God thinks you're awesome. God, I pray somebody gets released from negativity tonight. I hope that somebody that lays their head down at night always feeling unworthy and not good enough for anything. I pray when they lay their head down at night, the last thing they think about is my father thinks I'm awesome. Devin, God thinks you're awesome. God thinks you're awesome. God looked down and saw you when you were all alone. God looked down and found you when you didn't have anybody to look after you. When you thought you were no good. When you were struggling with self-esteem. When you felt like you couldn't fit in anywhere. God looked down at Devin and said, Devin, I think you're awesome. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. When people passed you by and said he's just a meth head. When people went by and said he's just, he's just a dope head. When people went by and said he's just, all he is is a, is, a, is, a, is a drug addict. God looked down when you were shooting that stuff up or whatever you do with it. And God said, hey, I think he's awesome. I'm not looking at him by what he's doing right now. I'm looking at what he's going to be doing in three or four years when he's bringing people to the house of God. God thinks you're awesome. God thinks you are. I know it's a simple message. I know it's a simple message. I know it's not profound. I know it's not revelatory. I know it. I know it. I know it. But it's still powerful to know that God, God thinks you're Oh, God, I feel something about to break in somebody's spirit. 
you spent your whole life beating yourself up. You need to speak it out loud right now. God thinks I'm awesome. I know the thoughts I think toward you. I know how I feel about you. Babylon doesn't determine your value. Quit running yourself down. Quit running yourself down. Quit beating yourself up. Quit throwing dirt on your own grave. If you talk bad about you, you give other people permission to talk bad about you. I feel like preaching to some people right now that you drag yourself through the mud all the time. That is an insult to the grace of God that looked down and thought enough of you to let you be born again. You ought to throw your hands up and say, God, thank you. I'm not proud, but thank you. I'm not going to drag myself through the mud anymore. God thinks I'm awesome, so I'm going to walk in victory. Watch a little kid on a bike, first learning how to ride. And you're holding, you're holding the seat, and they're pedaling, and they're pedaling, and and they're and you're holding the seat, and then you let the seat go, but they don't know you let it go, so they just pedal <laughs> until they look back and realize that you're not holding anymore, and their lack of self-confidence. causes them to begin to wobble and fall as long as in their mind they knew daddy's hand had them everything was all right but when they lost confidence it was their self-confidence that made them fall their lack of self-confidence made them fall i've come to tell you god is not this a good southern word Two southern words. Fixing to let you go. God's not fixing to let you go. What you got to have is confidence. You're a child of God. He called you for a purpose and a reason. God thinks you're awesome. Are you going to make mistakes? Sure you will. Are you going to fall sometimes? Sure you will. Are you going to not always have it together? Sure. But you got to remember this. You can make it as long as you remember that God... to let my struggles become my identity. I refuse to let the things that I've been through hold me back forever. I'm praying in Jesus' name right now. Look, you have to understand, I I don't want to have to make a bunch of disclaimers. You know I'm not talking about walking with pride and a a haughty spirit that that, that we walk around like we are awesome. What I'm talking about is you just have to understand something. That God thinks better about you than you think about yourself. 
good enough. They say, you know what I think for this group of people? I think I'm going to step out of heaven. I'm going to be living inside of a little Jewish girl's womb for nine months. Then I'm going to be born into a barn. Then I'm going to live among people that hate me. That eventually will spit on me, beat on me, and kill me. But I think they're so awesome that I'm willing to do all that for them in the hopes that in 2022, there'll be somebody in a church in Bethlehem on a Sunday night that will get a revelation that they have a purpose in God and a value in the Spirit and that God thinks better thoughts about you than you think about yourself. I want somebody to understand God thinks you can do it. God let you be born in this day because you have the ability to do something for him. God thinks you're awesome. Don't you ever let the devil tell you you're no good. Don't you ever let anybody impose any thought on you other than the word of God says that you're awesome. It doesn't matter who thinks what about you. God thinks you're awesome. Not only does God think you're awesome, I think you're awesome too. And there's a few hundred people in here right now that think you're awesome too. You walk in the confidence that God's put an anointing on your life. We're not better than anybody, but we're not like anybody. We walk in the Spirit. Aaron, let me tell you something. You are called and anointed by God. I know sometimes you may get discouraged. Sometimes you may feel low. Sometimes you may not know how your future is going to turn out. But you never forget what I'm telling you right now. That God thinks you're awesome. And he's got a purpose. And he's got a plan for you. I'm telling the one that's the most royal mess up in this place that God still thinks you're awesome. I wish somebody raise your hand and wave it to the living God and say thank you for believing in me when nobody else would. Oh, hallelujah. Marshall, let me tell you something. I love you. You know I love you. Don't beat yourself up for the years you wasted. Don't, 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 tell, don't drag yourself through the mud and, and, and regret all the years you've wasted. You can't go back and undo it. But what you say is God thought I was awesome enough to bring me back, and he's got a future for you. God's got a plan for you. God thinks you're awesome. Don't you let the devil discourage you about what's behind you. You let the Holy Ghost send you forward in your future. God's got a revival for your family. God's got a move of the Spirit for your family. God thinks you're awesome. He believes you can bring it. He believes you're the key to revival for your family. I'm just trying to tell some people some stuff. Pastor, I know your church is one of the smallest ones in Rome. I understand that. I've been there. They might be small in size, but they're powerful in the spirit. Let me just tell you something. Don't you ever let the devil tell you that your work is wasted 
and that your little church doesn't have an impact on your city. There's a revival coming for you. There's a revival in the spirit. And God thinks Elevate Church of Rome is awesome. God thinks it's awesome. And God's got a move of the Holy Ghost. I wish somebody help me pray for it right now. God, I pray for our young women. I pray for our young women in this church that their self-esteem does not fall prey to the spirit of this age. These are great Holy Ghost apostolic young ladies. And I pray the anointing of the spirit of God on their lives. Look at somebody tell them you're awesome. Look at somebody else tell them you're awesome. Thank you. You're awesome too. This is my buddy right here. Amen. I, this, this young man, every time he comes to church on Sunday, he, he almost every time he finds me and gives me a hug. I love this young man. God's hand is on his life. In the name of Jesus, God, let the anointing of your spirit cover his future. God, let his mind always understand the fact that you think he's awesome. God, that you're thinking good thoughts for him. When days get difficult and days get long and days get hard, God, let him remember that you've got a plan for him and a purpose for him. And you've got greatness inside of him. I wish somebody just help me praise the God that believes in you more than you believe in yourself. Amen. Why don't we lift our hands all over this place? Bobby, God gave me a word for you this morning. I know you're running a camera right now. And I know you, you, you can listen and, and do your job at the same time. That's fine. But, but let, let me tell you, God gave me a word for you this morning while you were in the altar. And what the Holy Ghost spoke to me was to tell you, and I didn't plan on telling you in front of everybody, but here we are. Amen. You get frustrated sometimes because your, your, your immediate family seems like they're far, far from God. It's a burden to try to be the only one living for God. Not only that, but sometimes even facing ridicule for the way you choose to live your life. But the Holy Ghost spoke to me this morning to tell you that he thinks you're awesome and that God has chosen you to preserve revival for your family. Let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you, can I, can I tell you exactly what the Holy Ghost told me? The Holy Ghost told me to tell you that your past, the past of your family is difficult, but you're the, you're the beginning point of generations of apostolic people on fire for God. That's going to come through you if you'll hold on and not get discouraged and not give up. If you'll just keep pressing and just keep living for God. Overcome your obstacles. Overcome the negativity. Don't let somebody that's dying impose an identity on you. That is not what God thinks about you. God saw something in you to bring you out. And God's got a purpose in you. Generations down the line are going to have revival because this boy, he refused to quit. He refused to stop. 
He came by himself and he wouldn't give up. God thinks you're awesome, Bobby. Don't let anybody tell you any different. I wish somebody praised God right now. Holy Ghost, come down here right now. Hey, there's a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost that's wanting to happen in this room right now. some people scared to death I'm going to come get them and so put your mind at ease I'm coming up here but there's some people in the pews of this building right now that you have eviscerated yourself over your mistakes and your failures you have let what you've done paralyze your progress You feel like you'll never crawl out of that valley of dry bones. I've done so much. I've ruined everything. I've made such a mess. But I want to tell you something. God thinks that you're awesome. God's not giving up on you. God's not throwing in the towel on you. God's not throwing in the towel on your work for him. God's not decided that you've done too much. I've come to tell somebody that feels like they're at the absolute bottom and have nothing to give God, that that is not the way that God thinks about you. He said, I know the thoughts I think about you. I know what Babylon thinks about you. I know what the king of Babylon thinks about you. I know what the priests of Babylon think about you. But I refuse for you to impose that thought on. I know what I think about you. And every time I think about you, I think about blessing you. And I think about anointing you. And I think about picking you up. And I think about blessing you and touching your life. God's thinking about some of you right now. He just wants you to step out from where you are and run to this altar and throw your hands up and let God give you victory today. There's some people here right now that God's just waiting on you. He thinks you're awesome. I refuse to be a prisoner of what a dying person says about me. Somebody that's dying in sin. Somebody that's dying in perversion. Somebody that's dying in worldliness. And they're going to tell me that I look silly because I dress holy. I refuse to let a dying person impose a thought on me. Somebody that worships at football and basketball and baseball. But they think that we're crazy for worshiping in church. And they laugh and make fun of us. I refuse to let a dying person impose a thought on me. I refuse to let a dying generation tell us that we're crazy for being holiness people. I'm not going to let dying people impose an identity on me. I'm going to walk through this life in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Why don't you reach over and touch somebody close to you and just begin to pray one for another. 
I feel like God gave me everything but an end. Kim, go home and tell your husband that God thinks he's awesome. God, I rebuke the discouraging word of the enemy. I rebuke the spirit of discouragement off of people. In the name of Jesus, God, I don't release pride, but I release a confidence in the calling and anointing of God, in the blessing of God, in the goodness of God, in the anointing of God. I wish somebody lift your voice and give him a praise that you know he deserves. Hey, God thinks you're awesome. You ought to respond in kind to an awesome God by giving him an awesome praise. God, help us to look for the positive. Help us to look for the blessing. Help us to look for your goodness. Help us not to train ourselves to see the negative and the bad and the, and the things that are broken, but help us to train ourselves to see your grace and your goodness and your mercy and your power. God, help me to train myself to find the blessing in the storm. Help me to train myself to see the good in the struggle. Help me to train myself, God, to walk in a confidence that you've called me and anointed me. If you've, if you've battled it, listen, listen, we're just... Well, I'm not going to make you do anything that will embarrass you if I can help it. But if you've battled discouragement, low self-spiritual esteem, feelings of hopelessness and despair, I want you just to reach out to somebody close to you and say, I need you to help me pray right now. And then I want you to pray. I want to break the back of some of this spiritual stuff. It's trying to, to be a, an anchor on your spirit and a weight on your soul. Come on, I want you to join together and begin to pray. The truth of the matter is there's well over, well over 50% of this congregation that's dealt with a lot of this over the last few weeks. It's time for it to break in Jesus' name. Sabaye de I plead the blood of Jesus over the mind and spirit of this church family. God, I plead your blood over their heart and soul. I rebuke discouragement and despair and hopelessness. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over the spirit and the mind and the heart of the men and women and young people of this church. Oh, that's right. Come on and help me pray. Maybe God's laying somebody on your heart to go, look, don't, don't you be somebody that drags somebody down. Let's be the ones that pick people up. 
Hallelujah. 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 Come on, you can be led by the Spirit. If you feel led to go pray with somebody, go pray with them. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. Let the Spirit of the Lord inspire you. God's thinking about you right now. His thoughts are good. His thoughts are thoughts of blessing, not thoughts of evil. Not curses, but blessings. God wants to bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I refuse to be marked by my low point. I refuse to carry the name of my worst moments. him for his mercy today God we praise you for your grace Lord we thank you that your mercies and compassions are new every morning hallelujah hallelujah give him praise for his mercy tonight dear God we thank you for your mercy Oh, hallelujah. Lift him up in Jesus' name. Oh, God. Come on, right now, somebody can receive the Holy Ghost in this building. Praise God. Begin to pray for somebody right now. In Jesus' name, God will fill them with the Spirit. God, we thank you for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost tonight all over this congregation. If you're hungry, come on, if you're thirsty, lift your hands, lift your voice. Fill me now, God. 
Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost is falling all over this congregation. Yes, 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 Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we praise you. Oh, that's right. He inhabits the praise of his people. Oh, God, we praise you tonight, Lord. Jesus' name, come in. He corrondo Messiah. a new name written down in glory and it's mine oh yes it's mine and the white robed angels sing the story a sinner has come
Jesus, thank you, Jesus. On December the 18th, 1947, I got a name given to me. Anthony Earl Carson. But on April the 20th, 1958, I had a new name. Anthony Earl Carson Jesus. I was baptized. Woo, hallelujah. In the name that's above every name. Don't you let the devil, as pastor said tonight, don't you let the devil tell you because of your name or because of your heritage or because of your family, or because of your faults or your failures, that you've got to be named Benoni. <laughs> no, Jesus will give you a brand new name, a brand new life, hallelujah, that his attributes can become yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for the good word of the Lord tonight. Aren't you glad for the name of Jesus? Let's clap our hands one more time and give him praise. 